So Wait, did my bees right. sit down? Did, did... <laughs> All, right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, season seven, episode two of the Washed Up Podcast. We got a fun interview this week for you. Clem from Barstool's hopping on with the fellas to talk shop as usual. Um, we got a bewilderment to start us off. We're going to talk a little bit about Cubs Sox starting, even though it doesn't really feel like it's as intense as it has been in the past. Some miscellaneous stuff, and uh, we'll figure it out before we get to that interview. So, ladies and gentlemen, how about it? Welcome back to the Washed Up Podcast. Let's get it. You can come get me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the Frick back. What's up, my friends? Good to be with you guys. Dude, James, I was literally thinking that before you guys walked in, I was like, I can't wait to see James and be good with you guys. Yeah, it's. It, I like Pat. We're both matching right now, too. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are matching. Yeah, Looks we good. are. Thank you, Brez. It's we really needed that today. It's called stealth mode. This, um, I know this is like the worst small talk ever, and to start a podcast this way is really dumb, but dude, this weather. Not good. It, I said on the way here, I was on the phone, and I said, I wake up depressed enough. <laughs> so fucking dude, true, Dude, for though. real, it is fucking miserable outside. It. it I just saw a thing on Instagram. There hasn't been a sunny day, like alone, a sunny day. 43 in, days. In 43 days. Oh. That is, that should be illegal. Yeah. Weather gods. <laughs> God. I, I was like talking to my grandma and she's from Ireland and she's like, I left Ireland. She goes, this is worse than Ireland these days with the weather. And it's fucking cold. It's not like it's 60 degrees and like overcast. I could deal with that, but it is 43 degrees yeah. and misting. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like somebody's sneezing on you whenever <laughs> you walk outside. It also like makes, uh, I'm trying to find bright spots through this and it makes forest park parade day that much better. Yeah. Oh, we just appreciated that day. It was so much. 70 and sunny take? on the first Saturday of March. Everything. Everything. It took everything. Thank you know what? It took the White Sox. You just season. changed my whole mindset. Thank on you, Brady. I, it really did. What? Speaking of the 40 days of no sun, I thought St. Patrick's Day was nine months ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a... <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's just been, like, I feel like just such a haul, and then, like, April hit. We're like, oh, we're going to take it easy. I mean, you kind of took it easy. I don't think any of us really took it easy in April. Yeah. I, I, I don't even... I don't remember what happens, like... Two days after. Like, I don't remember what I did two days ago. I honestly thought March was nine months ago, and I'm not even, like, like exaggerating. I feel that. like once March Madness started, like, the official start of the tournament, I feel like it just everything went black after that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm trying to think back, and yeah. I think that's what memory loss is. We need to go into the multiverse <laughs> and go back. Yeah. Oof. Breaking the space-time continuum. Dude, it's broken. <laughs> yeah. I think we all broke that. <laughs> Brady's probably bewildered. Time and space. But, um, loyal listener, Kevin Curtin, messaged me and said, 
that a bewilderment or I just want to talk about this is kind of what he said. It's like I get my allergies at different times of the day and they're not consistent. And I go, I have thought that that was only me for the longest time. <laughs> like right when I wake up and right when I go to bed, the two most inconvenient yes. times for your allergies to pop up are right when mine do. Yes. Mine happen right as I like go to lay down. Yeah. To go to bed. Like I'll be like, oh, maybe my breathing is okay. And then when I like focus on it, when I'm trying to go to bed, I'm like, oh, have I just not been able to breathe the whole day? Yeah, and I get worried, like, before I go to sleep, I'm like, how am I going to breathe? <laughs> uh, I've done this every time I've ever gone to sleep, but how am I going to breathe this time? Yeah. Yeah. Because I usually wake up with my mouth closed. Yeah. Also, like, I I think I mouth breathe in my sleep. Like, I have I to. I have to. Because, Do you snore a lot, too? Um, I don't think I snore. I am, like, sometimes a crazy sleeper. I guess, like, I talk in my sleep a lot. Oh, I could definitely see you talking in your sleep. Yeah, and, like, I, it's, it's not, like, coherent stuff, but I do remember something that was actually kind of funny. It was, I forgot, I didn't tell you guys this. When it was March Madness, I had a dream, something like that, and I, like, woke up in the middle of the night and was talking, and I went and opened up a window, and I out loud said, gotta let North Carolina in. <sighs> the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story. That's recently. the best story ever. Right? <laughs> While sleeping. Oops, I guess my story doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I, no, I was adding on to it. Okay, maybe Brez told you to say it in your dreams. Yeah, maybe. Huh? So, I was laying in bed, mm -hmm. and Mary Jane, the dog, jumps up <laughs> on the bed, and she's just, like, cooling, getting comfy. I'm like, whatever, half asleep. I roll back over. I'm like getting into a dream and she does this thing where she like flips her head back and forth to like itch her ears and it like slaps her ears back and forth really quick mm -hmm. and like my leg was over the blanket so it was like completely exposed and like her ear started slapping my leg back and forth really hard i farted myself awake <laughs> So hard that it hurt my ass. This just doesn't surprise. This Dude, is the second episode in a row. What does the dog's this? ears have to do with you farting yourself awake? Because they startled me. It scared the oh. living shit out of me. Almost. Oh. Oh. Okay. I almost amber turded the bed. <laughs> oh, nice. Don't. I do not see the correlation still. I mean, no, I, like the dog's so, ears startled me that I like contracted everything and pushed oh, out a yeah. part. So that okay. So hard. That Let's it just. Hurt my butt. Let's rewind here. <laughs> Pat said he had a dream about letting North Carolina in, and now we're talking about you farting yourself awake. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. Much. Both carry on. Both seem like good things. On your way, like, Lord Commander. Let North Carolina in because that's a good thing, and then let your fart out because those are bad things. That's like Duke. Yeah. Duke's a fart. It all comes It's full the yin circle. and the yang. Brady. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Did yeah. we just solve like the meaning of life? Like in the first. No, that is fucking impossible. I'm not even. Yeah, we'll figure it out. This is a download. Like, you know, when you get a new video game and it's like 146 gigabytes. Yeah. That's where I'm at with trying to find the meaning of life. I'm at 2% and it's kind of going backwards, which is almost impossible. <laughs> well, this oh, the is. the Wi-Fi is slowing down. This is the meaning of life right here, fellas. Good quality talks with your pals. Yeah. yeah Talking about take, farts. Yeah, basketball. Exactly. Farts. Let North Carolina in. And uh, why? So where do you. Your allergies come from. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Curtin, kind of got away from you. Yeah, but you know what actually doesn't make sense either is like when you speaking of farts, when you sneeze, mm -hmm. like isn't that like releasing 
some of like whatever the mucus or whatever is in your body, my allergies get ten times worse after I sneeze. Oh, I yeah. know. It's like the like the reserves. Yeah, it's, it's like the it's still kind of hanging in there. My nose just comes to the forefront. Yeah, but I kind of want to get into something else here, and that's like gross things that feel so good when you sneeze and just all the snot comes out. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> disgusting. Is there anything more like that's such a relief? Yeah. Oh, it is. But if it happens in public now, it's like wearing a scarlet letter. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, God, what are you I, supposed to do? I can't wait till we get some cameras in here. Your reaction right there was perfect. Dude, I one time, yeah. <laughs> but I'm such a hypocrite because when it happens to me, I'm like, who cares? But then it happens to somebody else. I'm like a little kid on the playground. <laughs> you sneeze on yourself, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you walk away. Oh, no. <laughs> Karma's a bitch. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, do I need to start like a new thing that includes more people? Like, the hmm. ladies and gentlemen, isn't that on the hot seat? Oh, yeah, that is kind of on the hot seat yeah, right so now. Do I, need to, do I need to change that up? That's why I said, hello, friends. All right. We should just it go to nice. all-inclusive, yeah, yeah, hello, friends, all right. party people. Uh, hello, friends. Um, and I think we've talked about this before, uh, but as three dudes or four dudes, we can't really, like, I think guys is gender neutral. Like, what's up, guys? Yeah, for us. I know. And I, I try, yeah. In Tried most have- other languages, it is. <clears throat> so maybe you could Fol- start. Folks. What's up, Folks. Yeah, it's just one of those things that yeah. seems like an inconvenience that we have to change, but it's something that we have to do. It's it, I'm not going to say it sucks because it's not hard, and we yeah. like simple shit, and we like to do the things that we like to do, but it, we live in a new era, and once you deep, deep dive into it, yeah. it makes sense. All right, yeah, so uh, I'm going to change the intro from here on out, and it's either going to be, hey team, or hey friends. Or hey gang. Hello, friends. James, we're not putting bloods and crips <laughs> in this shit, dude. Oh, what about yeah, you? dude. What the fuck? What's up? It's Scooby Doo. Hey, wear an ascot and have I was the just name gonna of friend. He would know, be the friend of the group. He would be Fred, probably. I would. Yeah, I'm the I, wheels. Probably, I'm the wheels because they're rocks. Yeah, I'd probably be Scooby. But yeah. after you brought that up, could I uh, interrupt for a second? Can I yeah. give a little oops? Yeah. Speaking of friends, do you know that's what like what teachers call their students now? Like they're like, "Hello, friends." Ugh. I'm not your fucking friend. Yeah, you, I'm not your buddy thought. guy. Yeah, like Dave went from zero to a hundred way too quick. They used to smack people with rulers, and now they're their friends. Just be. Be civilized and be in the middle. You're their teacher. You're there to teach them. You're not there to be friends. That just gives them an opening right away to take advantage of you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not a teacher, and I hated school, so I guess I really have no say in this. Yeah. Wait. Our, none of our school routes really were pristine. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about this last week. Like, back in school, I had OPRF, they did it. I don't know where they did it with you guys. Do you remember, though, when you do a rough draft of something, somebody else in your class would grade it? Yeah. Like, a rough draft? Oh, yeah. That is the worst fucking thing in the world. I would get a, a random one, and the girl that's going to Harvard has mine, and she goes, it, it needs work. That is the dumbest <laughs> thing in the fucking world. I would get in double trouble. I would give them 100% and yeah. correct nothing, because I didn't want yeah. them to do it to me, and then they come, and the teacher would be like, well, that didn't help her at all, or him at all. And then I'd get my paper back and it was a zero. And I'm like, I'm not redoing this. Guess what? I redid the whole fucking thing. But no, and then that girl that's going to Harvard, she's going to go with her friends that are in the band. And they're like, oh my God, did you see James's essay? He was awful. Like (laughs) stuff like that. How did teachers let that happen where other students could just ridicule your work? And also like, we don't know shit about fuck. We're learning. Yeah. You know, like how am I going to go grade somebody else's work when I am also trying to figure out work i get the idea of it like 
fresh set of eyes. Yeah. Cool. But what's your job, Teach? Yeah. Boom. So yeah. Do nothing. That's a cop out to yeah. me. Yeah. It's like that teacher's can being I, lazy. Yeah. Can I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Can you? My yeah. I'm going to are... shit on the floor. <laughs> also, by the way, while I... on the topic, happy Teacher's Appreciation Week. <laughs> My teachers, you're the best. I love you so much. I'm going to teach my kid. I'm just about to say what you're about to say. To shit on the floor. (laughs) Not even close. I take that back so fastly. What is it with you talking about like bodily like functions and stuff like that today? Dude, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's because I looked at the White Sox submitted lineup today. So what Um, I was going to say is that my kids are just going to be so bad. Like they're going to be, they're going to come home and be like, my teacher yelled at me like the fucking scene and tell they get it. I'm sitting in my beep. Bingo. Like. They're going to be like, yeah, I told my teacher to do their job, and I didn't want to do it for them. So I totally fucking agree with them. My kids are going to do whatever they want. I have no authority at all. Already. They're going to be eating, like, they're going to be eating cookies for breakfast. Yeah, because yeah. so am I. They're going <laughs> to be so popular, you're going to be worried if they like you. Spin zone. Yeah, I mean, I'm so worried about everybody who likes me, but not, not really at the same time. That's where this right. conundrum comes in my brain. Uh-huh. My brother. I, oh, sorry. Excuse me. Oops. Oops. Sorry. Oh, that was an authority moment for me. Plus one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to grow up with my kids. I've always been worried about growing up. Now I just found out I'm going to grow up with them. All yeah. right. Hell yeah. Fun, fun, hard lesson learned in grade school was listening to my brother who's seven years older than me. Uh, because in third grade once I told my teacher that I like her tramp stamp and I thought I was giving her a genuine compliment because <laughs> that's what I thought a lower back tap was called. <laughs> that is so tough. That that's what it was called. And I was like, Miss Ponka. Yeah. I like your tramp stamp. Mm-hmm. And I got sent to Miss Rizinski's <laughs> Matthew, get to Miss Rizinski's class right I now. Think, uh, I think Miss Ponka was the first love of a lot of guys at our grade school. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Cubs and Sox. So I texted you guys this, and I kind of like came to this realization last night at like midnight. I looked who the Sox play today, and I was like, oh, Cubs-Sox starts today crosstown rivalry starts right now dude Pat, in like an hour and i was like oh okay um there's no real build up to it nobody really has it. treated it like anything and i i get it because socks suck cubs like lost the guys that like our guys faced against the last 2 years or so yeah. so like it's understandable like what are we going to go against f- you know, I, I th- just I think all rival rivalries go through this is like there is a period of time where guys do leave teams do go on downtrends and then you have to renew it. I don't know if they're going to be a graphic of Frank Schwindel against Jose Abreu, if that's going to look like a meet, like a fucking showdown that's going to excite anybody. Right. So I think it's going to come. But right now, I, I like you said, if yeah. you would have asked me 25 minutes ago who the Cubs are playing tonight. I would have said the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I'm, I'm Dude, it's just because both... Well, the Cubs started out really hot. The offense was showing out. Seiya Suzuki was on like an otherworldly tear. And they both just went on huge losing streaks. Mm-hmm. And it let all the air out of the balloon. Like, it's a tough... It's a tough spot to be right now as a Sox fan. I mean, we know two of our five in our rotation are likely giving up five plus mm-hmm. and our offense is slumping. You can't really have confidence. Yeah. Especially when Dallas Keuchel takes the mound. You're just like, well, 
sucks we won yesterday because we're not going to be able to build on that momentum. Yeah. And, like, I I went to the game Saturday, drank a lot beforehand, <laughs> and would not stop saying Vince Velasquez legacy game inbound. <laughs> I said it so much that the people with me were like, all right, fucking cool it. I, I love I, that. I, I can imagine Brez just yelling that out. But after, after two innings... There were no hits. And I was just like, Fitz Velasquez legacy game. <laughs> hey, we got the win. Split yeah. the series with the Angels, yeah. who right now have the best offense in baseball. That's a good series split. I will take that. But the three series right before at before that were like fucking voluntarily cyaniding yourself. <laughs> like that's not fun. Like you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, like I would turn on the game and be like Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> and like it's Cut this all fucking head off divisional rivals. Yeah. We beat the Mariners. We beat the Rays. Yeah. We tied with the Angels. Yeah. Like what the fuck? We're beating the good teams and we can't beat our division rivals. Yeah. It well, makes no sense. For recency bias, that seems like an okay thing. I mean, the Bulls didn't beat one good team, and then they got fucking smoked. As long as you're beating good teams, then there's something to be positive about. I have 0% of my body that is empathetic or sympathetic to any of your feelings that you just said. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I would have expected that. You were the one who went on the big rant about, like, you deserve nothing. So, like, I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. So, like, I, I'm just a little bit confused because you have Lance Lynn coming back. You have Giolito coming back. Pat Pollock or whatever his name is just came back. Joe Kelly. Like, Joe Kelly's I coming back. Yoan's coming back this week. I understand you want him to be 22 and 0, but, like, I mean, where's where's your where's the confidence? I thought, yeah. I, I was trying to be really positive, and I have been trying to be positive throughout, like, the losing streak. Like, it's a long season. So just tell me the season's over. When they win it all, you can't celebrate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're willing to do that. You're willing to say the season's over. I won't go that far. Yeah, you would. But it's fucking... You wouldn't. It feels close. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just messing with you. Um, you yeah. know what, Brady? Fuck you, all right? Well... Okay. Socks and four, dude. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like you were saying, Vince Velasquez's legacy game. That's like me going to a regular season Bulls game, just saying Bulls and four. That's just me. Like, who cares? That's yeah. the best thing in sports. So yeah. you can go to a game that where you don't even really have to be serious about it and just say stupid things. It's my favorite thing. And you know what's wild? See a ball. Like, I I have of anyone on our like coaching staff, Ethan Katz is the one guy that I unequivocally trust, and I I genuinely believe. He will get the best out of him. Velocity-wise and stuff, Vince Velasquez could be a middle-of-the-pack starter if he's playing in his best every time he goes out there. Yeah. His control has never been great or good for that matter. Like He's the type of pitcher that will throw three good pitches, get a one-and-two count, and then leave a hanging slider like high like middle high yeah. to a home run hitter and be like, God yeah, damn. I mean, there's a lot of things we got to work on pitching staff wise, being comfortable at the plate where we have shitty outlooks on our at bats. We're not taking quality swings. Occasionally we will get one in the zone and we will get a hit, but there's nothing consistent about the at bats. There's nothing consistent about the way we step out on the field. We pick and choose when we want to be fielders and when we want to focus on hitting and it shows on the field every day yeah <clears throat> whenever we get out there there's one thing that each player is focusing on and it's never the entirety of the game yep and it shows each time but with that being said 
Cub Sox should be always something that the city looks forward to. Yeah, and this exactly. year it's just lost in translation. I granted the the Bulls just got eliminated and Chicago's kind of healing, and for this to happen right now when we're all mourning together, right? I think that plays a big part of it. We are all just together for so long. Yeah, and now got to learn how like, to hate each other again. Yeah, and now now it's like I am feeling good towards Brady and James right now. But our teams are facing against each other. Why do I want to look you in the eye? I should be looking down upon you. Well, it's also, I think, honestly, I might get a crazy like backlash for this. I think that it's a, fu- that it's a fucking Tuesday and it's rainy. If this was like a nice Friday afternoon, it yeah. was sunny oh, out, yeah, it would be a little different. Like, we'd yeah. be like, oh, Cub Sox. But I think just yeah, honestly, yeah. this is affecting everybody's mood. It, it is I, 100%. In the fact, like what you said, being on a Tuesday, the middle of the week, who the fuck is going to go to the game? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think another big part of it is, too, is it's tough to have me and James on the other side just because we're we're truthers about the Cubs. Like, I think it's one of the two, one of the only teams me and him are truthers about. And we're also both truthers about the White Sox. We both have said to you guys plenty of times, we somewhat have a bone in our body to root for Luis Robert. Like, we have somewhat of a bone in oh, our no, body. Oh, I, I, no, I got a couple of bones to root for him. He's awesome. <laughs> right. So, like, it's like we kind of know where we're at right now, yeah. and it's – like I say to you, like I have no empathy or no sympathy, and like I'm like, where's your positivity? I was like same exact way in 2015, 2016. You yeah. expect them to be 22 and 0, yeah. And I get where your guys' frustrations are coming from. So I mean, it stinks, but like I said, you guys do, haven't had your full team out there, and I know part of that is because of Larusa. That would be my only worry if I was you guys. Is he really going to keep up this madness? I really. I want him gone yesterday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dude, um, like, just, it, uh, it made it all that much more bitter that, like, one of the White Sox fan accounts I follow reposted, like, the signing thing. Like, we've signed Tony La Russa as our manager. And then, like, the next three slides were just zooming in on the signature, and it was A.J. Hinch. And it's like, we really had him in the bag? Yeah. Are you serious? And our stupid fuck owner... <laughs> yeah, undercut our that. general yeah. manager. Like, come on, dude. Can't cry over yeah. spilled milk. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. That's, that's the su- only part that sucks. Yeah. yeah. It does. It sucks. But um, we'll figure out a way somehow. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, the interview with Clem. Uh, let's have a good time, and uh, we'll see you shortly. We can hear you loud and clear. All business, Pete, didn't mess this up. <laughs> The only like, you can see how clear my face is. There's no way I'm anywhere near HQ right now because <laughs> I was the old copy. I went on the draft show the other night and I was in 8K. Everyone else was in like 56K modems. It was an embarrassment. So. <laughs> Every guest from Barstool Sports we've had on, they like get on. They're like, yeah, just blame Pete if this looks bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, if anything happens, do that still. <laughs> okay, you got it. All right, Clem, well, we appreciate you coming on. You uh, ready to hop into this? For sure, my friend, for sure. Sweet. All right. All righty. Thank you for coming on again. We always ask our guests three short questions. Um, First one is, how tall are you? So, (laughs) I don't know how often people give you that kind of response there. I've always said I'm 6'1". Went to the doctor uh, like a year ago, and it was like six even. And it could have he could have probably said five eleven, but he said six even. 
So I'm telling you, I've always carried myself like a six-one guy, a little extra pep in my step, and I'm shrinking, which is not a good thing. I don't even know if that's possible. I'm not that old, but six. I'm gonna say six foot, even though I really want to say six-one. I feel like this is the trust tree here. I'm gonna say six foot. Well, we're not gonna trust the doctor who went to school for six years because we're gonna give you the wash. We're gonna give you the washed up, boost up, and we're li- we're listening at six four. <laughs> 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 and then that leads us into our next question is, have you ever dunked? You can answer that any way you want. Yes, I dunked uh, no less than a week ago. Yes. Hell yeah, <laughs> Was it on my hoop outside that was lower to the lowest setting? Maybe, maybe not. That's for me to know and no one else to know. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's perfect. Exactly. And uh, the name of the podcast is Washed Up. A couple of us are washed up athletes. Would you consider yourself washed up? I think I'm going on about 20 years washed up right now. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. This is why it feels like family right now. I've been <laughs> washed up so long. I, I, I've been washed up more longer than I've been washed. What is it, down? It's washed down. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you guys for sure. That's our rival <laughs> podcast is washed down. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are just like Adonis's and just killing uh, the athletic game. Exactly. <laughs> we hate them. <laughs> Yeah, we hate them. I'm not on that podcast. That's those guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we just saw – I watched your video today about uh, your reaction to Robinson Cano going down. And uh, obviously that has been a long process. So for you, what was your feelings through that timeline of maybe this year and last? Like did you always want him to get set down? When did that happen? I mean, washed up podcast, Robinson Cano. Here we go, baby. That's the perfect guy to talk about here. Uh, I mean, basically, the minute the Mets got him, it was get this guy off my team. I, like, we were counting down the seconds until that contract was up, which when they got him, I think it was four years left on the deal. And at that time, I think he was 36, maybe 37. Um, and either with the Mets, he was either injured he was um, suspended, or he was good because he was taking PEDs that he later got suspended for. <laughs> so I could the minute we got him in the trade for Kellenic and Justin Dodd and you know whatever, I was like get this guy off my team. And then the first season Edwin Diaz was there with Cano, who was like the centerpiece of the trade. It was when they changed the baseballs, and he was just giving up moonshots every single game. <laughs> so somehow like. We were, it was able to like focus on how bad Edwin Diaz was than it was to worry about Robinson Cano, who kept getting hit by pitches, so he really wasn't playing as much. But the minute Cano was in our life, I couldn't wait for him to get out. And it was so frustrating because the Mets, they always have just one dead contract on the book that's like a massive deal. It was David Wright for years. Yeah. It was um, Yoenis Cespedes afterwards. And then I was like, Cano's going to be the next guy. Except we didn't even get, like, any good stuff from Cano where David Wright and Seth, but it actually gave us good stuff. And I was like, I lost my mind. And then little did I know back in 2019 that this beautiful, wonderful billionaire would come into my life and he would just snap his fingers and say, <laughs> get this guy off the book. Did you guys see that quote that's going around about what he said with the GM? Who, Uncle Stevie? Yeah, Uncle Stevie. Uh, Epler, the Mets GM. They were kind of breaking down all the different people because they had to get one more roster spot. They had to cut one more guy or send another guy down. And it was between, you know, like Dom Smith, uh, Luis Guillorme, a couple, you know, guys who could play defense, hit, basically not, are just better than Robinson could up. And they said, it, and the, uh, the GM says, Uncle Stevie, he says, you know, 
is that a, he, uh, I think he says like a financial thing, a baseball thing. And Uncle Stevie said, make the baseball decision. And Mets fans were, that was like music to our ears. Oh my the baseball God. decision was CFA Canal. People are like, print a shirt that just says, make the baseball decision. If you need to know oh. how thirsty we are as Mets fans, just for like someone who could be, let like, just like make good decisions, let alone not even care about eating $40 million and just cutting the guy. That's all you need to know. So, uh, that is like out of baseball heaven for us right now. So shout out Uncle Stevie. I know Uncle Stevie's a watcher too. He's probably a washed up athlete. I don't actually, I don't know if Uncle Stevie ever played any athletics growing up. Can Uncle Stevie buy the White Sox? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would buy that shirt in a heartbeat. Make the baseball decision. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yep, yep. The As White Sox fan right here, uh, we kind of have that same vibe with one of our players, Lurie Garcia who never reached the peak that Robinson Cano did in his career ever. But do you ever see a change in clubs getting more comfortable sending the money down? I, I mean, it could happen in terms of yeah, sending it down, benching it, playing the guy up top. And I do think some of that comes with uh, like the guy's attitude. And that's the thing about Cano. It sounds like the players loved him, which I think was why they were a little uh, hesitant at first to, to get rid of him. Um, but let me just say, I love the White Sox fans. We are brothers in <laughs> arms. Uh, back in 2015, when the Mets played the Cubs in the NLCS, oh. Daniel Murphy turned into Babe Ruth for like a week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Come on, don't bring that up. Nah, oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My guy White Sox Dave is a big White Sox, White Sox fan, obviously. He was rooting for us because obviously the crosstown rivalry that you guys have. And we formed the Sons of Uribe because we had Juan Uribe on our team. Yeah. And we loved him to death. <laughs> and uh, obviously he's like, you know, a hero in White Sox lore as well. Oh, yeah. And we've kind of always bonded over being the little brother of the town. And we're always like just getting laughed at, getting crapped on. And we always had these owners who would just never go all the way in. Like the Yankees would here all the time. Like the Cubs did back in 2016, not as much these days. And it was just so frustrating. And trust me, man. Jerry Reinsdorf is no friend of mine. He ruined my life as a uh, Knicks fan. He tried to keep uh, Uncle Stevie. He voted against him to take over the Mets. So Jerry Reinsdorf is officially an enemy of Mets fans. And everyone's like, oh, White Sox fans are cool with you. Yeah. I think White Sox fans and Mets fans can agree. F. Jerry Reinsdorf. You guys need to get a new, you guys need to get whatever the Chicago version of Uncle Stevie is. And I pray every night before bed, you guys get (laughs) it. Oh, Clem, I pray the same thing. Every night. <laughs> People always go like, how do you get rid of owners? How do you get rid of your owner? This and that. Like we did the billboards. We did the airplane flyovers. You do the protest, all this stuff. None of it makes a difference. It's just one day our owner ran out of money. His schmuck son who no one liked basically was forced out because all the other people who had money were like, I don't want to deal with that guy. When the, his dad dies, Fred Wilpon, they didn't want to deal with his son, Jeff. And it was just like one day they were just like, oh, now you have all the money in the world and an owner who will do whatever it takes to win. And he is so ruthlessly uh, competitive. They made a show about him in billions. So like I, I, I like I always say to White Sox, I don't know how to tell you how it will happen. Just keep going to sleep and waking up. And one day, hopefully it'll happen. Oh, I love that. All I don't right. think there's a better feeling than giving someone you don't know the uncle title either. <laughs> Recording in progress. And I will, I will say this to the day I die. I came up with the name of the Stevie. Yeah. And I, I, I said it on the podcast once. I said, this is our Uncle Stevie because obviously he has the big pocket book, the big wallet, whatever you want to call it. And 
I've, and then it started like going around making its rounds. And then I think he had a shirt that said like, thank you, Uncle Stevie, when he revealed who he was on Twitter. And I was like, wait, I came up with that. And I've said it before on Twitter. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I came up with the name Uncle Stevie. And so far, everyone's been like, yeah, I've never heard it anywhere else first. So that is probably like my one contribution to, you know, the, the Mets world is the name Uncle Stevie. And like you said, there's nothing like that's as like as glowing a title as I can basically give somebody, right? That's you know when you're the friends and you call them your uncles or your cousin or your aunts, even though they weren't fam like blood related, they were so close to you as friends. That's what that man is. That man affects my happiness. To be honest, more than my family did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clem, I got a I got a question surrounding Jason De- or Jason Degrom, Jacob Degrom for you. All right, how would you feel if the Mets brought him back? as like the most lockdown closer of all time and use Edwin Diaz as the setup man. I mean, like with the emergence of Tyler McGill, the resurgence of Carlos Carrasco, you guys already have one of the best rotations in baseball. Like as a way to keep him healthy, would you entertain that? I, I honestly, if I would subscribe to whatever the doctor saying and listen, like Mets doctors aren't by the greatest, have the greatest reputation because we've had, countless just bum, bunglings of injuries and whatnot. David Wright, you know, when it says all this kind of stuff I already mentioned. Uh, but if, if, if it's something that the doctors saw the best, the, the baseball people, Jake himself, whatever it is. Yeah. I think, I think the way baseball works these days with the five, like everyone pitches five innings now. It's crazy how many guys I looked it up the other day. Cause the Mets threw a no hitter and it was like a combined hitter. I think there was five star, five pitchers yeah. that ended up contributing. And it didn't feel like a real no-hitter because there was like six walks and a bunch of different pitchers. And then I was thinking, I'm like, well, that's all we're really going to get now. I mean, we saw what happened with Kershaw, right, with the perfect game yeah. on opening day or whatever it was. And then I looked it up. There's as many one-hitter uh, – there's as many no-hitters thrown this season as there are complete games thrown this season. Walker Bueller has the only complete game. The Mets have the only no-hitter. Yeah. We're not living, you know, when we were kids and you had these, you know, hosses, you know, Brady Johnson just throw like – 15 complete games because he was just dominant. They're just not going to put that mileage on people's arms. I, maybe it'll get a little loosened up because there was like a shortened spring training. Um, but I mean, I think we saw with Andrew Miller just how lethal a guy like that can be who just like, oh, that's our eraser. He's going to take out, you know, the next three, six, nine guys in the lineup. And Jake himself, like, he's such a freak. I don't know, man. It, whatever it'll take to get that guy pitching because even if he wasn't a Met, I would say this because I think this about team players that are not on my team in any sport, it just sucks when he's not around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're, as baseball fans, we all lose when DeGrom's not pitching because that's something yeah. I've never seen before in my life. And I've seen him when he started and he was young and he was good. And I always thought he was going to be like my little guy. He was my guy from like day one. I was always like, <laughs> RV, Syndergaard. I got this guy, Jacob DeGrom. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you idiot. That guy is like a Hall of Famer at this rate and he's won multiple Cy Youngs. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I subscribe to anything, even if it's just for the season. And it's like, listen, we want to take it slowly. The guy just keeps adding like another mile per hour every year, and then he just gets hurt. So yeah. whatever it takes to keep him on the field, sign me up for. If it means like he can play shortstop and not even pitch, sold. Whatever it means, just keep him on the field. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like what um what Patrick Wisdom said when he was on PMT last year. He said they're like, what's it like facing DeGrom? And he's like, it's like you study for a test all week, you're ready for it, and then you get in there, you just fail right away. <laughs> yeah, man. Everyone has a, a, pl- a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's the old Mike Tyson. Like, everyone has a plan until the guy throwing 101 just right through you. You just can't see it. And he's like, 
I just brought up Randy Johnson. Like he's low key, like tall and lanky, and I feel like his his delivery. He gets so close to the plate, and everything is from the same spot. He doesn't even throw his curveball, and they're saying like his curveball is like it would be one of the best in baseball if he threw it, but he doesn't even throw because he doesn't have to. So he's that I mean, That was a perfect quote. Perfect quote. And we've all had that dream, right, where you have to like study for a test. Hey, you didn't do any studying, even though I haven't been in school in like a hundred years. I still have those nightmares, man. It's the craziest thing. I don't get it. <laughs> um, so who would you say are a couple of your favorite players to watch right now that are not on the Mets? Good question. So <laughs> it's so messed up, man, because a lot of them are on like the rival teams. Like Ronald Acuna, the Mets are playing him right now. That guy is just so cool. He's yeah. just like, there's, there's really not a lot of baseball players who just look cool from the minute you see him. It's like not on the level. I think Griffey holds a special place in everyone's heart who grew up in the 90s, 2000s, whatever it may be. But he's just like, he just looks like the coolest baseball player I've ever seen. And he's just so good. And then you go to a guy who it's not maybe as cool looking, but he's just so comically good is Juan Soto. And yeah. it's just like that guy can that guy can kill you. Like he makes a walk look impressive. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and then I'm staying in the NL East again. Schwarber just murders us. And I've always loved Schwarber. I loved him on the Cubs, and I just love watching him just murder baseballs. And he just seems like a big goofy guy. Maybe because I'm a big goofy guy, I like the <laughs> guy there. And when he's healthy, he, his like elbows hurting. I know, I know right now. But Bryce Harper, like I've always liked Bryce Harper when he when he became a free the National. I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, finally, I can really like. I always rooted for him. I, I don't root for him to win, but I was always like, like watching him, even though he was on a rival team, because the Mets and Nationals never overlapped all that much in terms of being good together. And when they did, the Mets won in fifteen. Um, but I just, I was like, thank God, I could finally like really just root for his success. And then he goes to the Phillies, and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but like, there are times where like the player is good and cool enough. I can like admire, like I can like be like that guy's. Maybe it's because I'm a little older too, but I, I can just be like that guy's awesome. You know what I mean? And it, it, like I wasn't. That was not the case with guys like Chipper Jones back in the day. I hated his guts. Um, Jimmy Rollins <laughs> drove me crazy. Chase Utley is still like enemy number one in this house. But all those guys are just so damn cool, and I just I just definitely and you know like obviously the Trouts, the Otani's, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I just. Uh, I have so many guys in the Jazz Chisholm too. Like even yeah, the guys of the Marlins have cool. That guy's <laughs> just so damn cool. His name is cool. Every, like no one has fit their name better than Jazz Chisholm. I don't know if he was meant to be good or if he's good just because he's named Jazz Chisholm. But whatever it is, <laughs> he's like an A plus. Dude, <laughs> him pimping that home run after the ump wouldn't give him the like the timeout was amazing. And then when he chirped the dude on Twitter, did you see when he chirped him too? No, I didn't see that. He was like, they should have thrown you, they should have like, they should have plunked you for that. And he's like, I'll plunk your mama. <laughs> I love We that. need more of that from athletes. I, I, I'm right? Pretty, right? Make your thing about Acuna. I think I saw you tweet yesterday. You're like, God damn it. He just looks so cool in his gear. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. He had like all these like crazy colors on it. that just matched perfectly. And I'm like, Guy pulled off a fit, and he—I think he hit a bomb against the two. And I'm like, I can't even get mad. That guy was just so much cooler than I'll ever be. Like, you just have to tip your cat and be like, "You're awesome, man." <laughs> That's exactly how I felt when Byron Buxton drilled one off Liam Hendricks to put the Sox down in the series. Like, it's our 
it's our idiotic problem for pitching to him, but the fact that he goes 470 on Liam Hendricks to close out the game, I was like, all right, this guy's kind of badass. Buxton is one too, and he's hurt so much, it's hard to really, like, I don't, I'm usually locked in on the Mets whenever you see the stuff. And in fantasy baseball, I'm always looking at his name. And I'm like, do I draft him or mm-hmm. am I going to just have him on my, you know, IL the entire time? <laughs> yeah. But he's another guy who just, like, it's almost like the baseball gods are, like, making it even by keeping him hurt because he is such a next level, just, like, freak of nature yeah. when everything's clicking for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Seriously. I mean, if everything was like in an MLB the show world he could be a 40 and 40 guy like without a problem on paper it's crazy I mean the the combination of power and speed there is just bananas and it 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 does suck for twins fans that like he has never stayed healthy but I'm in a way starting to feel about Eloy Jimenez the same way so we'll see I do feel like that's like very I'm I'm brand with uh like minnesota fans like they just have to live in that hell where it could be so good and it just they just can't get it no matter what it is like they just can't find that happiness and again the name byron buckton is an a-plus baseball name Absolutely. i don't know if, if like i feel like that powers him to be a better player too but yeah. it's like mortal human body can't contain all that like awesome baseballness inside of it <laughs> <laughs> before we talk a little bit about the giants what's your go-to ballpark food so um, I'll, the two things I'll usually do at a state at a base, baseball game, I would always do like a hot dog. You get it from the um, guy walking down, the dirty water dog. They take it out, put it all together right there for you. Naturally. Um, that's the, yep, that just feels baseball. <laughs> and then in terms of like just general stadium food, including, I guess, baseball games sometimes, I always say the best bang for the buck is the hot pretzel. Oh, yeah. yes. Like, yep. You are our boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always think the hot dog is like seven bucks. The state, like the hot pretzel is like three fifty. Mm. You get like twice the size of it, and it's just, just so damn good. You just can't go wrong with it. So, and you, you know, that's like you're not you're not really committing to a full meal. Mm-hmm. You kind of still do something else. Where if you get like the chicken fingers and the fries, yeah. or whatever kind of signature item you have in the stadium, I guess. Okay, so I'm gonna do like one, two, three. It's like three strikes you're out of baseball. Those two, and then I'll throw. I, just because you're at the place, and I, I feel like they came back recently, and I think they're still around, is you got to go ice cream in the baseball helmet. The little helmet always tastes like 30% better when it's <laughs> Oh, yeah. I would love to someone do like a sports science put on that to see how it tastes better because <laughs> it always does. <laughs> You just blindfold the guy and you'd be like, just eat like 10 different <laughs> Which one was the hot helmet? And he won't even think like Number three. Like, right. How did you know that? Like, science. Yeah, I knew I knew that the that a helmet was coming into play. I just didn't know if it was going to be the ice cream or the nachos. So the nachos helmet, I've, I had never seen around me until I think last week. I was at a minor league baseball game with the family and there was there was the nachos there. And, I, and my wife's like, let's get nachos for the kids. So then we can just keep the helmet. I was like, yes, that's exactly what we do. I went to that game three years ago, and they had chicken wings in a helmet. And I got a helmet out of the deal as well. So I guess they're just throwing whatever kind of foods they can keep in there. 
But yeah, nachos in the helmet. Anything in a helmet just tastes good. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go home and I try to find like a helmet in my house and just sit there like, all right, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal out of my helmet. <laughs> go to like Dick's Sporting Goods and buy like an authentic like, you know, baseball helmet and start eating out of there. See if it works. Maybe even one with like the actual like, what is it? Like the face guard on there like that they're wearing. Really make it legit. Hang your napkin off of it. <laughs> yep. Dante Robinson had us all beat on that, taking the peanut butter and jelly out of the helmet. <laughs> Um, okay, so the NFL draft just ended. How do you feel? So I feel good. I feel very good. I also felt good to very good like the last three. <laughs> so I've learned just how little that means. How like my dumb brain can convince itself that oh. everything's going to be fine by uh, like maybe May, June, July, maybe like a little bit of. Uh, reality will kick in and then August comes you see the training camp I hear the hard knocks music one or two preseason games where a couple guys look good I'm like we're good all right playoffs here we come no doubt about it and then by mid-October we're looking at mock drafts again (laughs) (laughs) what I feel and what is real I guess are two very very different things but I mean and again I'm not a college football like a diehard college football fan so I go based on what a lot of people say right but just on what I've seen Tavon Thibodeau, um, that was a I know steal. the whole thing is like just an absolute freak of nature. And I think I saw someone say it's like he lines up offside. That's what it looks like when he rushes the passer. And that's like the perfect way to put it. And I would never put this man's name in the same sentence as someone. So I'm not going to do it in the traditional sense. I am a Giants fan. I grew up loving Lawrence Taylor. I'll never call anybody Lawrence Taylor. Bill Belichick will kill me if I say that because Bill Belichick <laughs> like waxes poetic about Lawrence Taylor more than like even Tom Brady, right? But the way Kayvon Thibodeau runs on the field, plays at a different speed, he's like Tecmo Lawrence Taylor, who I always use with the Giants, that he was always just a little bit faster than everyone else. That's what Kayvon Thibodeau looks like in real life. It's absolutely like mind-bending to me. And I will say, all his interviews after the draft was over, I could definitely see like he's definitely a larger-than-life personality. I feel like some football guys may rub him the wrong way. Here, you put up, like do whatever you want, and if he stinks in the NFL – no one's going to care about what kind of crypto coin he's making or what kind of marketing <laughs> thing. He's going to have to play good to make money in New York. I think he knows that, and I think he'll crush it if everything comes together. And then Evan Neal, like, I remember, again, mid-October of this last season when I was like, well, we're going to stink again. I was looking at the mock drafts, and, like, Evan Neal was, like, out of our reach where they had us projected and where, you know, he was projected to go. And the fact that he ended up, we got him at seven is, like, crazy. And, again, you know, so much stuff shifts with the draft, and if you look at old drafts, no one really knows what they're talking about because you have like pro bowlers, you know, at the end of the ra- end of the round, middle of the round, they have nothing, you have butts all around scattered. So that being said, I still can't believe if I told October me that we'd have like the top two guys I was seeing in a lot of these mock drafts <laughs> on the Giants. Yeah. I'm like, man, something went uh, pretty awesome after some pretty awful stuff something finally went our way um are yeah, we exactly are we still going to be doing uh laps after games this year or no <laughs> so i have to figure that out because i'll tell you it was like i hated like, i hated getting outside in the cold after the giants lost and it's like my wife's like up oh, we're going to your laps and i'm like putting my jacket on <laughs> in 20 degree weather in the middle of October, december as I have to then like serve my kids dinner, um, but <laughs> oh. it was such like an easy, like, it, it was such an easy thing to do. 
the neighbors like definitely thought I was crazy, and they might think I'm like crazier. Like they're gonna be like, "Where's your husband? He's not running around after the Giants game." <laughs> uh, but whatever, whatever Joe Sh- uh, uh, Brian Dable says, I will do. If, if if he says we're doing laps, we're doing laps. <laughs> Actually, no. Almost anything Brian Dable says, I'm not doing push-ups and I'm not doing pull-ups. Those are two things I couldn't do when I was in like <laughs> third grade, let alone at the end of my 30s. There's no way in hell. But other than that, I'll do whatever's necessary to help the team win. Clearly, the laps didn't help us win. It didn't help us get better at discipline. It didn't do anything for us. Every single week, we would do the same stupid stuff. So, Coach Judge, if you're watching, thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Giants fans and Bears fans have the same rhetoric when oh, talking about yeah. their team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe we're brothers in arms on that, too. You know, we just, like, ex- mediocrity for so long. Well, yeah, I mean... At this rate, I mean, and like, you know, the Giants have obviously had, they had, you know, the Super Bowls the last couple of years. And we did have like a quarterback in Eli that we loved and was really good. But they're like, I feel like there is, and I guess you guys, you know, you guys were in the playoffs relatively recently too, but there have been just some real gut punches for both fan bases. And we just keep coming back for more and we're starting yeah. to lose our goddamn minds right now. And I, I honestly, like, it won't, it won't kill me. If Justin Fields becomes good for the Bears, even though the Giants traded that pick, because it just like the Giants weren't on that quarterback timeline. They could have drafted Herbert. They could have drafted Herbert that the year before. They didn't do that. They had Daniel Jones. Like it's just that's just the way it, it, the cookie crumbled, for lack of a better term. So uh, I do hope that like you guys get out of quarterback hell. I still think Danny can take us out of quarterback hell. I just want to get out of hell, basically. Just get us out of <laughs> yeah. hell together. Hopefully, we don't play each other in the playoffs, but if we do. Like, it'll be a hell of a time, and that means one of us will be going around further. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely brothers in misery. Right <laughs> Bulls fans, too. Bulls fans are like, oh, it's so great to have, you know, the Knicks and the Bulls back together. We've both been through so much. I'm like, you guys had the 90s. I was like, you guys kept beating us. My life was ruined. The Eddie Curry thing. You guys had the Derrick Rose years with Joe Kim. Like, even though you guys didn't, like, make the finals, you were good for, like, five years in a row. Yeah. Like, we had nothing but misery. We had one season in 2013 where we made it to the uh, like semifinals, Roy Hibbert buried us when he blocked Carmelo at the rim. I was like, I don't want to hear anything from Bulls fans right now. <laughs> you, guys don't, you guys haven't suffered like we suffered. <laughs> yeah, the Patrick Ewing era overlaid with the Michael Jordan era, understand the hate. It's like, <laughs> if we do get good again, both of us at the same time, it's just good for basketball. I mean, it's like the two biggest basketball markets in the country. Yeah, it's awesome. Like that, there was those games early in the season last year before the Knicks kind of you know started fading. I know the Bulls faded a little bit at the end of the year as well. Um, it, it was like it, it just felt different. And there is something I think when at least you know people who like the like younger kids probably don't have any real feelings like this. But there is something about seeing those colors on the court together, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, you kind of get that the, the blood. Like I've seen this. That's why like Lakers Celtics. Those colors just, it, they're like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yellow, purple, and green just match, match, mashing together. But it's something in your brain. It kind of just pumps a little bit of dopamine in. And when we had, obviously, those uh, matches with them in the finals with uh, the big three in Boston and Kobe and Gasol, that was a very cool thing as well. So hopefully we'll get, like, the Eastern Conference version of that uh, in, you know, in the future. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. Going back Please, to uh, the Giants for a second – like what? What are your thoughts about Kadarius Tony? I mean, this kid showed major flashes. Do you want them to get rid of him? Oh no 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 no! <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I would be thinking too. I uh, I was 
I still remember I was dropping my daughter off. She had a Girl Scouts thing. So we dropped her off. And it was just me, my wife, and my, my four-year-old. And we're going to have like a nice little family dinner, just the three of us. And I get that like text and I was like, God damn it. I was like, because that's just going to be in my brain. I had to write it on the phone from the restaurant. So my wife's mad at me because of that. And <laughs> that guy, Kadarius Tony, is so like. I don't want to use the word electric, but he truly is. There's no other word to describe it. He's so electric. And the fact he was hurt last year, and he definitely has some, like, funky off-the-field things. Some of it is overblown by the media, which a lot of the Odell stuff was always overblown in the yeah. beginning of his time in New York. Then, like, the little Wayne thing with Eli was a terrible look, and there was a couple things along the way. But when you hit a certain stardom, it, that's just kind of – that's part of living, playing in New York, and that's why, like – that's part of the reason I think the teams here end up not hitting their potential. Like Plexico may not have shot himself. He was in the club <laughs> in the city, right? It's like a different lifestyle, different life. Um, but Kadarius Tony, like as soon as he was drafted, again, not a big college fan, I was like, all right, guys, tell me about Kadarius Tony. And a bunch of Florida people were like, this guy is incredible, yada, yada, yada. But the one consistent comp I heard, was Percy Harvin. And like, he's awesome. He's going to do stuff you didn't know like people could do on a football field. He's also going to get hurt. And he's also going to do like stupid stuff. And like Percy Harvin, I mean, you guys know, like he was on the Vikings. He was incredible. Yeah, for, he was like, a sick. very small time. <laughs> and then he kind of, then he like, he went to Seattle or whatever. But yeah, when he, when he was going, he was sick. And I, like, I would, it would be so stupid to move on from a guy like that. Unless yeah. you're getting like a first round pick back that you gave up or you used to get him but uh i mean at this like i've been trying to think because also fantasy wise i'm a big fantasy player and oh, i think Galladay is gonna be much better um, i think Galladay is gonna be much better with like an actual offense and not a, a brain dead moron like jason garrick <laughs> <laughs> but, like tony with dable an offensive line that can you know allow them to be a little creative and do stuff like i'm trying to figure out i, I honestly think tony could be the best receiver on the team in terms of like stats at the end of the year in terms of fantasy numbers. Cause if you go back, you watch that, that Saints game and the Dallas game, he's the reason that they won the Saints game and the Dallas game, like he, he the, if the defense and Danny, did, if Danny doesn't get hurt, he would have just like, he would have let us there. And then his last game, I forgot who it was against. It was, um, it was the Rams. It was the Rams game. I think he had like three catches for like 40 yards in the first drive, got hurt. Yeah. Like, at, like they couldn't stop him. They had no, they had no answer for him. I was like, I haven't seen a guy like that. I was the Giants since Odell, and it's just like, holy crap, this guy is a supernova. There's like five different ways, ten different ways this could end absolutely horribly for everyone involved. <laughs> I know that way too much as a Giants fan, but like, you just don't give up on talent like that after one year. And it was like, you know, COVID, the uh, you know, lame duck coach, awful GM, franchise was in shambles. Like, give Dable, Shane, and everyone a year under, like, at least a year to get to know the guy. I think he's going to be all right. Again, if you want to make money, he's a rapper. He's Young Joker is his name. If you want to sell Young Joker out, <laughs> you got to play good on the field because no one's going to care about you. Did you guys see that Antonio Brown video when he was rapping down in Florida? There was, like, 35 people outside yes. watching him rap. No one cares about you, Antonio, unless you're, you know, scoring touchdowns on the football field. They're not coming out to see you rap, so – um, like I, I do think that everything, everyone will get on the same page. Uh, at least that, like again, these Bears fans, because these are things you have to tell yourself to be off season. Oh yeah, oh one hundred percent. My my comp for Tony was always just the dollar store Tyreek because I mean, like his yak is crazy. Like he would catch a ball at the line of scrimmage and make something out of nothing. 
and get a 15 yard gain be just just because he would be able to bounce back and forth between defenders coming straight at him. I mean, like that was just it's like super prevalent in the Dallas game. Yep, it's crazy that bouncing between his stop and go and his even his break tackle for it, it's the thing like he's so shifty, but he's also six two. Like he's not like. They, they just drafted Wandale Robinson, who, again, I'm just learning about from Kentucky, who's 5'8". Everyone's like, oh, that's just another, another Kadari Stone. I'm like, that guy's six inches taller than, yeah. than Wandale Robinson is. And, you know, this is the hype podcast. Trust me, this, this is a much different guy than, than, than the guy that they drafted out of Kentucky. The other guy's more of a gadget, you know, kind of player. But, yeah, a guy that size that moves that quickly and, and that fast. Quickness, everyone forgets quickness is different than speed, and those are two different things. Tyreek is kind of the guy who has turned both on their heads. I think to Darius Tony, like if if you want something safe, Giants receivers and fantasy, you want something safe. I'd say Galladay is going to be the safer play. You want a guy that could potentially like win you your league. I think to Darius Tony could be that guy. Yeah. He could also be out of the league by week one. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I'm so terrified. I'm terrified. I'm being held hostage by Darius Tony. <laughs> Well, Clem, you know, uh, we're all uh, we're big gamblers in this podcast and we take your uh, parlay. How's that been going this year? The BEC the BEC is is not doing very good right now. We, we scaled it back. We originally we, last year we did it, I think, every single day or like as much as possible. This year we're doing like three times a week. I think we've won. We're like one for we're like probably one in five or so. If I had to guess, this is the worst part about it. There was one day where we put our picks in, and due to time, I don't know what the reason was. I don't know if it was a timing thing, if someone forgot to hit the button. I don't know what happened. It didn't go in, and we won it. And it did not go on the book, but we had the receipts. It's all in the text messages. We put our picks in, and it did not win. So, like, that absolutely gutted me because, you know, uh. it, 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 we, and it's, it's funny. Last year, this happened, too. We started hot last year. And then we got colder as the season went on. But I don't know if you guys remember that whole thing. I think Pete Alonso about how they changed the baseballs or they were saying how they changed the baseballs. At the yeah. Beginning of the year, they were more dead. And then at the end of the year, they kind of like made these like juice balls. As soon as they, they said the baseball changed, I think even the spider tech, that was it, the spider tech stuff. Oh yeah. As soon as that changed, like goodbye, goodbye, you know, no run first innings because no one could like, you know, knew how to grip the baseball anymore. So these pitchers were just getting tattooed. So we got kind of like uh, railroaded by Manfred and those jerks. Um, but, um, <laughs> man I got, fraud. I got, I got man fraud. Yeah, we got to call them man fraud. That, that's how you really zing the commissioner there. Um, <laughs> let's see right now. I'm looking to see if, if we're still alive here. I had the we had the Diamondbacks and the Twins, and we're still alive. I know Diamondbacks Sox are still alive. A, yeah, Cub Sox is a lock for no. Oh, you're good. Is and- that is that going to play though? They're going to play because it's. A, I knew it was supposed to rain out there. We we, we didn't touch it because it was supposed to rain. It's it's been raining all day, but I mean it's like it's just like misting now. They're going to play it. The weather sucks. It's like forty three degrees. Feels like it's twenty one. It's <laughs> awful outside. The Sox aren't playing Luis Robert just because the wet field and it's making me mad. <laughs> um, but. I mean, like, they're putting Yasmani Grandal at DH instead of the guy who has more hits in the last game than Yaz has had in the last two weeks. Come on. Like, what are you doing? Uh, um, that sucks, man. Yeah. I, I, Clem, I don't know if you've also seen the statistic while we're on oh, the topic of the weather. The back might hit tonight. I think it I think it did. Chris, 
Sorry. We're, we're <laughs> one kidding. for one so far. We got the Reds and the Cardinals, I believe, that still have to do it. But I'll, I'll be like, that was my pick. Uh, Diamondback Marlins was my pick. Glenny picked the one. Eddie picked the one. I picked the one that hit so far. You know, we don't yeah. say it. We don't. <laughs> just so you guys know, between us, mine hit. Mine usually hits. I'm pretty good at it. You know, relatively blind when it comes to it, but I hit pretty well. Well, you seem like you definitely watch the most baseball out of uh, Glenny and Eddie. I mean, Eddie, I feel like, and then Glenny, I, I don't really, he, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's watching baseball all the time. Glenny just, he's in his own world, man. He's the best. <laughs> I love him. We, we had him on, uh, we got to believe we are, our Mets podcast, and we were talking about just like Mets. He's like, I just watch the Mets, and when, you know, terrible stuff happens, I just laugh. I'm like, oh, Glenny, <laughs> that's just so you. Like, we're stewing and like anger, and we're like taking years off our life with stress. And Glenny just kind of just laughs about it. I love it. <laughs> I know Eddie said he was like, like growing up, I think the Cubs were like by far his favorite team. I think the Bears are his number one now, but um, yeah. I, I know growing up he was diehard, diehard Cubs. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good crew. It's a good vibes crew. That's like the most important thing you guys know with gambling. Like, like it, it, the Sharps, the Yank and Sharp picks. The Sharps are making their own money in Vegas and they're supporting their life with it. You got to go vibes. Three big guys oh, who are yeah. laughing, having fun. You got to, you got to ride the vibes. And, this bet today, I tweeted it out earlier. They sent out the picture of the bet so we knew it went live. And I, I went on my phone to like save it. And by mistake, I hit the little uh, emote where you can like do the heart or like the thumbs up. I hit the thumbs down by mistake. And I was like, oh. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't. <laughs> Just like a panicking. Nope, nope. And they're like, and then like immediately they're like, oh, no, Clem, what are you doing? And so I changed it to a thumbs up, but then I said, listen, spin zone. Yes. This bet has been cold. I think we're like oh for our last three. I was like, maybe the thumbs down, that's like two negatives make a positive. Right? Yeah. It's simple math. So if this thing wins tonight, I'm taking credit for doing that by complete utter mistake. So uh, I was throw that out there now. I was just going to say, if it hits, you have to do it from here on out. 100%. And I told people too, I said, full disclaimer, I hit the thumbs down by mistake, but I think that might have been the play. <laughs> 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 yeah, just you're gonna get the Clem shirts. It's going like this now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I love how you're talking about how yours mostly hits in the BEC, and then you're like, you don't know if theirs are gonna hit, but you always stay a team guy, and that's the most important thing. It's about vibes and team. It's, yeah, if you get if you get your sandwich, they forget the bacon, they forget the egg, they forget the cheese. You ain't happy, right? Yeah. So you gotta have to, you gotta, I would never. I wouldn't like if they told me, "Hey, Clem, we want to throw you on this bed instead." Nope, those are my guys. We ride together, we die together, no matter what. So, Hell yeah, I'm getting that tattooed right on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's transition to just a couple non-sports questions before we let you go. Um, we asked this to all of us, uh, I think, last week. If you could only have one drink, one salty snack, and one candy, what would it be right now? For the rest of my life? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm a water guy. If I, but like that seems like like oh you like get like a week. I feel like you like get that, water that comes with yeah, that comes with the thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Got to stay hydrated these days. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, are we talking? Um, are we talking booze? Or are we talking like a general soft drink? You take it how you want it. I okay, picked Bush enough. Light when I picked mine. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm, this is a company. I'm a company. It's not a company man line. But if I have to go booze, I'm gonna go like, well, Coors Light sponsors the match. Number one, High Noons are actually like 
they're like the one drink that like I could just drink like a hundred of. Them. <laughs> there you go. Like, that, is, that is not lying right there. The sparkling, like a lot of the sparkling seltzer that you get at the other stores, they just have like a perfumey taste. That's the way I go with uh, alcohol. But I don't really drink it much anymore because I, I I can't like just drink too much sugar. I'm getting old now and like yeah. messing my teeth. But I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Just give me cherry coke right out of the fountain soda. Oh yes. yeah, let's go. That was my go-to. Now Thank I got God. my left side of my neck that I have cherry coke till I die. <laughs> <laughs> I love cherry coke. It's unbeatable. It's unbeatable. It's, it's truly just unbeatable. It's like I. It, it's almost better. Like you know, they say like there's very seldom the sequels better than the original movie. Like there's a, you could make a case that cherry coke is better. And kind of going off the batting helmet thing. Santa Coke or McDonald's Coke is better than regular Coke. It's kind of just one of those things that's just... Santa Coke. Yeah. Santa Coke. Um, I forgot about that. Santa Coke's the best. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, salty snack. I got to go with my number one just because it came in my brain first. I'm a nacho cheese Dorito guy. It was the first chip I took in our uh, chips draft that we had. Mm. And it's, you know, one one on my list always. So Doritos. And then, ooh, I forgot I had the Cape Cod chips though because Cheese took them in the draft. Nope. We went. I, Doritos, <laughs> went Doritos, and then candy, candy, Reese's peanut butter cup. It's Let's candy, go. Candy, <laughs> I don't know if it's a candy bar or not. I don't know what's it classified as chocolate, but it's not a, in a bar form. But it's the absolute king. It's the king of Halloween. I think I took that first in the uh, Halloween candy draft as well. So I'm just sticking. So we'll go cherry coke, nacho cheese Doritos, and Reese's peanut butter cups. Which, again, when people say, like, Reese's Pieces and they mean a peanut butter cups, I'm like, dude, those are two different things. Way different. Oh, yeah. It drives me crazy when people get those two, like, confused or say they're the same thing. Two very different things. Yeah, grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) Um, Okay, and then also, uh, if you had never seen a Marvel movie yet in your life Mm -hmm. and you wanted to start right now, would you watch in order of release date or would you watch in chronological order? Uh, but is it the same? No. Like in, in, the, in the Marvel in Universe, Cap- chronological. Okay. Okay. So like Captain America would be really early because that takes place in the 40s. Or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. I, I would watch in release order because I do think the like the um, after scenes or the, 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 the after credits scenes a lot of them tie into the next movie more so than so you're like meeting different characters at different times i believe i don't know if you do watch it in like chronological order timeline if it would match up still but i don't think it would so i would watch um release order and there's a good chunk of movies you can kind of just skip or watch. Oh, yeah. what i do is i just watch the youtube and just get like the five minute like recap of what happened we're like all right we're good um i didn't want i think it's the ant-man I don't think I even made it through the the second Thor movie and stuff like that. But go and release order just because the after credits, there are like sometimes that was like the most important or biggest part of the movie was the after credit stuff. So I guess that's my answer is is release order. Love that. Are we uh, are we getting ready for Doctor Strange this week? <laughs> Dude, I still can't believe it's like this week. It just it felt like it's been forever. I mean, this thing was supposed to come out like like. like during COVID, when COVID first happened, you know what I mean? And it's like the entire world's in push back. Um, I am, I'm not ready for it. Mentally, I am, I, I've realized Robbie saw it already. I saw him tweet that this morning. Yeah, I was, I was, that's what's interesting to see if you had seen it too. 
But I no, it, he got a screener. I didn't get a screener. Big, big time Bob Fox now. You know, he's our big MMA guy. He just forgets his partner in the basement. So he just he just <laughs> went and saw it. I'm busting his shots because he 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 refused to see one of the screeners without me. He said we were going to watch it together. Um, oh, the Batman. That's what it was. He said we we're going to see the Batman together. It was it was a unified thing. Uh, but he told me he was like, dude. He's like, this is it's just as good as I hoped it would be. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it gets lost in the like the end game stuff. It feels very self contained, but it does build the universe. And I was like, Bob, you're getting me excited for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Head on a swivel though, boys, because I'm hearing spoilers are out there. I haven't seen any knock on wood. Um, but I, I am like focused at this point, I don't even get excited for the movies. I get focused on seeing them as soon as humanly possible. Right. So I don't get spoiled. And it's so hard because like Thursday night, I wanted to go, but it's single to mile. I got to eat, you know, my weight and chips and salsa, take mm-hmm. the kids out for some Mexican. So that crosses off Thursday. So it's like, all right, first thing Friday. And then if something pops up Friday afternoon, I got to go Friday night. And then once Friday night happens, it's Mother's Day weekend. That's not going to happen. So I am like more nervous than I am excited. <laughs> You're kind of stressed. Fox, yeah, I'm stressed. I'm stressed out right now. Um, but Bob Fox definitely got me like a, a little extra excited because like this I liked, I really liked WandaVision and I liked the way that, um, I, I, I wish it would have ended better, but I liked the way the world was heading at that point. And then we kind of just left that all together where if, if everything had come out together, like it was supposed to be without COVID, it would, this would have been like an event I feel. So, um, it, now I'm getting hyped discussing this with you guys right now. Getting the butterflies in my stomach, the marble butterflies. Going to get the portal open right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna start doing that. Like I used to do the force with my hands when I was a kid. I hope there's kids who do like a Doctor Strange magic. <laughs> I don't know why this still isn't working. Come on, just get it. <laughs> I tried the force no less than a month ago. I was in my daughter's room putting her to sleep. The doors like crack open. I'm like, let's just give it a shot. Like, you have to like hum the force on you, and nothing works. Yoda, Yoda wasn't on your back. No, no. That is awesome. Four with the forces, he. <laughs> That's my favorite commercial ever. It's the Volkswagen one. The little kids dressed up as Darth Vader, and it's the time the cars first started to park themselves. I was crying every time I see it. I think that's phenomenal. Like, whoever came up with that one deserves a raise, promotion, the whole nine, whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. One of our more pressing questions and more argued questions on this podcast is if there was a zombie apocalypse, you have three people you could bring with you. For reference, I picked mm-hmm. Megan Fox, Dan Bilzerian, and Dave Chappelle. So you could take that any way you want. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. All right. First guy came to mind, and this is basically any question you ask me is if you have an alien invasion coming, if you have someone you need to be the you know uh, representative of humanity, you need someone to keep you alive, you need someone to keep you entertained. I got all that in one guy, and he is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's my guy. He's been my guy forever. Now that he is like a freak of nature, like he's a superhero, he is Black Adam at this point. He's been that way for a while now. He could kill some zombies. He's number one. Um, I guess we're going to have to go with we have to procreate. I guess we need to have a woman with us. Take it as you may. With Megan Fox, a few. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the WWE. The biggest crush I ever had in my life was on Stacey Keebler from the WWE. So she, wow. I guess, she's gonna be number two on there. And then third. Drop. Yeah, that's a, that's that's an old school right it's there. It's a good I, one. Underrated. She was with Clooney forever too. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like, if, if George Clooney's dating you forever. You're Clearly, doing something uh, right. <laughs> you're doing something right. Exactly. 
And then three, who's the third person I take with me? Hmm. I'm looking at like a, like a wall bobblehead here. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man. Like I have an Alex Trebek one right there. Like Trebek would have been my third. Like I'm trying to think of who do I want to keep alive? Because they're such, like they're so important. <laughs> Trebek is, 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 would, have been, would have been the answer for sure. Um, let's see here. John McClane. No, I really don't. I'm, I'm literally just looking around. All right, David Wright. I'm going to keep David Wright. <laughs> my favorite, like, there's your favorite players growing up, and there's guys you like. There's guys that made memories for you. David Wright was just like, that was my dude. It was like right at the time where you're like, sports means a little too much, but you're getting older. And every person we've talked to that knew him was like, anything you heard about David Wright, about how good of a guy he was, he was better. So it's like, wow. that's just on me. Like, if the if the world needs to continue, I need to have David Wright, Stacey Keebler, and The Rock. And I think we're going to have a pretty good civilization by the time it's all said and done. If, if, <laughs> if we're done with those three. Man. I'm weighing the room down there, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clem, on a funny side story, that, a question we asked uh, Danny Conrad a couple weeks ago when he was on social media, Danny. We asked him, we're yeah. like, all right, who are you bringing with you? And he, like, his first answer, he did not even bat an eye. He's like, oh, White Sox Dave. He's like, you got to be faster. You got to be fast as faster than your slowest guy. He goes, I know Dave, I can just push him right to the side. Uh, those Chicago guys, man, they have quite the dynamic. I was out there uh, last, last week or two weeks ago. And, man, I'll tell you, everything that you see on the video, it is as authentic as it gets because they are just at each other's throats. It's an absolute just like shit show. And you know what? Danny, I love Danny. Danny knows what he's talking about, man. He just pushed David aside, let them chow down on him. About the other That's a great, great call. Great call. I'm actually mad I didn't think it's something like that. <laughs> Yeah, he when he said that we all just burst out laughing because he like didn't even like bat an eye. It was great. I didn't even think about coworkers. Like Eddie would have been a good. Like you just need someone to shoot the shit with, and you're just Eddie could he could talk to a wall for an hour, and I'd listen. You know what I mean? Oh, that's pretty good. How long you been a wall for? Oh, yeah. Were you a blue wall first? I think uh, it's a couple weeks ago with like uh, I saw like a, like you wrote a blog or someone did a large was like doing an impression of Eddie and it was the funniest thing in the world. You know this Daytona is pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta tell Carl. Gotta tell White Sox Dave. Yeah, large does an A plus plus plus. If you guys ever have him on, uh, you have to. He'll, he'll do it for like you know two minutes straight and he just riff on the top of his head. And uh, I mean I love Eddie. Like I thought my love of Eddie couldn't be touched. Large is, is right. Is he's like approaching a little like, dude, that's my guy. I knew him first. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have to try to get him on for that one. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Sure. Be- last one before we let you go. If you could have any song as your walkout song, either baseball or WWE, since we picked your crush, we found her out. What would it be? <laughs> okay. So this, this always changes. And it's, I'm trying to think of what it was the last, the last change. Because for a little while there was the Mandalorian song. Um, <laughs> Great then, pick. Yep. The uh, song from uh, Peacemaker was up there. So that's, mm. that's another one that is it, just basically TV show song. Yeah, right. <laughs> Game of Thrones song was up there for a little bit. Um, I can't, and it's, the thing is, like, it's hard to take a. Uh, like another wrestling song because it's like someone saw it. I like Real American by Hulk Hogan, incredible song. 
can't really take it from him. That's his thing. So batting entrance. I mean, I, all right, I'm just going to go with the Peacemaker song, which is um, Do You Want to Taste It by Wigwam? Yeah. Because I've been trying to get – I've been tweeting at Major League players. I've been just tweeting them to my the void on Twitter, <laughs> just asking someone to take it. No one's taking me up on it. So I'm going to say uh, – actually, you know what? Take it all back. <laughs> Call me maybe. Call me maybe. Charlie Reed. Yes. That was always my pick whenever they said – they used to do like a blog, like everyone choose your song for the summer, your go-to. And that was always my pick. And it's reached a point now where I think people forgot about it. So we're bringing it back. Call me maybe. It ain't gone nowhere. But we're bringing it back nonetheless. And it, it kind of – everyone starts bopping their head in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Me. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. You were single-handedly reviving Carly Rae Jepsen's career. <laughs> do what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clem. Well, thank you for uh, coming on with the fellas over here. We really appreciate it. And uh, anything you got to promote or tell the, our listeners about while you're here? Uh, nothing much. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Clem Report, Twitter, Instagram. Every, if you have a social media thing, I have a stupid name on all the things because I made it like 10 years ago. So the Clem <laughs> Report to follow. Uh, podcast, you want to listen to me talk like an idiot. Uh, Podfathers. <laughs> We Gotta Believe and My Mom's Basement. Podfather's some parenting stuff. Uh, we Gotta Believe is the med stuff. My Mom's Basement is nerdy stuff with my guy Robbie. We'll be doing Dr. Strange recap, I'm sure, uh, next week. And, yeah, barstoolsports.com if you want to read the uh, ramblings of an idiot. Hell, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you so much, Clem. Ladies Thanks, and gentlemen. Thank you again, man. Clem. We really appreciate it. I'm going to be carrying myself like a 6'4 man the rest of the night. Yes! <laughs> yes! It. It good time. <laughs> That was Barstool Clem. What a fella. That was a great time, guys. Had a blast. Very uh, funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, let's do a quick recap of NBA. So we got one face and four, one face and four, two face and three, two face and three. No first round upsets, even though we had a lot of interesting games. Top seed came out in all matchups. Uh, Bucks blew out Celtics first game, and now they're getting backs blown out. Second game without Marcus Smart. Without Marcus Smart, I I don't I don't know, dude. I don't I don't fucking know who this Bucks team is. Yeah, no idea. Every team just kind of backs up and down. Bucks and six. Oh, six. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I fell into the trap. Warriors yeah. over Grizz in five. I think it's a gentleman's sweep. Mm. Like if if the Grizz don't win tonight, I don't know if they win a game. Yeah, um, they had to win that first one with Draymond Green being out. As much as I don't like him, sometimes he's very, very, very meaningful yeah. yes. to their team and very good player. Yes. Oh yeah. But I had him in a same game parlay, and he had three assists at halftime and only needed four more in the second half, and I would have won seven hundred dollars, but he decided to get ejected. Yeah. But then after the game, he went and did his podcast in the hotel room, which is fucking awesome. That's that, hilarious. That's a flex right there. Yeah, that's that's a big flex. But that's great. I'm starting to really like him. I don't. I, you can like him, but I swear to God, if you ever say anything with the name Patrick Beverly and something positive after it again, I will fly here in a helicopter and I don't know yet. What about if I, I don't say, want to die? What if I say Patrick Beverly has a great first name? That's. I agree with the statement, mm-hmm. but I. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, no, you know what? I, I, can, I can allow that. Okay, great. Um, all right, so the. Most interesting, in my opinion, 
is what Luca is doing all by his lonesome. Yeah. It's stupidity. Name me three other players on the Mavericks. Brez can, can do it. But. No, yeah, just do it. Maxi Gleba, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Tim Hardaway Jr. He's hurt, so let's talk about who played last night. We'll say Jalen Brunson. We'll fit him in there, okay? All right, yeah, he's okay. great. Now, name, <laughs> now, who are they playing? The Suns. Name me three other players other than Devin Booker. Chris Paul, Chris Paul Jay Crowder, Aiden, Cam Johnson, <laughs> JaVale McGee, Jay Crowder, JaVale McGee, Mikael Bridges, who's oh, yeah. second in defensive player of the year. The, uh, what's the word? What's the word? The parity in between them is fucking insane. Yeah. And he's, he's got these guys to the Western Conference semifinals. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. He had 45 last night. Yeah. At the first half, he had 26, and the hot next high score besides, like, what's the guy who hit, like, fourth? Maxi Kleba. Yeah, Maxi. Uh, I can't believe he every, didn't die he had, on the court as well. He had, like, 16 at half. Luca had 26, and then the next highest score was four. It's crazy, yeah, man. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. And he's, if, like, what is he, 22 or 23? I think he's 23. Can we say he's 28 so I feel better? Yeah, I'm not worried. Like, guys like him, <laughs> I'm not worried about how old they are. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I love him. I don't care how old he is. Like, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I think... The the Sixers are just imploding so so bad. Yeah, it's like fucking clockwork. Yeah. Oh, you need Joel Embiid. He's injured. Yeah. Like every need- year, it happens. Whenever the Sixers need him the most, he's not available. And did you see there was a video that came out of like Tyrese Maxey not giving the time of day to James Harden when they both came off the court at the same time? Yeah. It turns out that Sam Cassell calls him over. He like you can't oh. you can sort of see it in the corner. But there is there is a video from earlier in the season of Tyrese Maxey like doing something of that sort. Oh, okay. So I think there might be animosity between the two. How could there not be? Yeah, seriously, dude, it's the same bag of shit that James Harden brings with him everywhere. He's everywhere, just a fucking asshole. And yeah, Doc Rivers is going to L.A. Like, too. Like Clem was just saying, if you play good, you could be a rapper. You could do whatever the fuck you want. And he was playing good, so he could be an asshole. He looks slow. He looks like he doesn't care. And then that makes it times two. You look like a bigger asshole. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah you're sure. spot on. Yeah. Um, okay, last thoughts. Brady, what were you wrong about Tyler Hero? He's fucking sick. He's yeah. really He's good. fucking He's sick. Good. Yeah. You look at this kid and you're like, okay, 6'4", maybe. I don't know even know if he's 6'4", 6'3", 180 pounds wet. <laughs> like, doesn't blow you out of the water, like, athletically. But he's averaging twenty points a game off the bench in the NBA. Why? Like that doesn't make any sense. Because he's a bucket. Yeah. I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's like my initial reaction was this kid can't be any good. He's fucking gonna get pushed around. And like yeah. Yeah. but if you just stay on the three point line and don't fucking miss, you're allowed to do that, Kyle Corver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But he can but, shoot the mid range too. Yeah. He's he's like a Couple steps up. You can't like knock Kyle Corver at all. No, but, he like, did exactly what he was meant to do in a yeah. game where the he was ten years too late I mean, early. Yeah, for sure. Him and White Chocolate, both too early to their craft. Yeah, I don't know about White Chocolate, but I do understand the guy. I mean, you Jason still, Williams, you still had to pass the ball. Oh, I guess yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, okay, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. he was ahead of his time. Yeah, light years. Yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, but cool. Kyle Corver would be an MVP-esque type of guy right now. 
Just yeah. coming down there's a fire. <laughs> Corver just getting the if, MVP. If he trophy. came down the court, if he dribbled it up one, he would have gotten suspended by the league for dribbling the ball up the court. And number two, firing without passing the ball like everybody else does. Yeah. He would have gotten yeah. he would have got excommunicated. Yeah. <laughs> but he was he was a walking bucket. Yeah, he was. And what if Ray Allen knew this? Oh, true. <laughs> Shit. We're coming up with a lot of ideas right now. I was going to go back in time to change my life, but I think I'm just going to go back in time and make Ray Allen and Kyle Corver just a little bit younger. Whoa. Yeah. What I a like dumb that. thing to do. Years. I like the time travel. <laughs> yeah. Why not travel back in time and make my net worth on one gambling play? Uh, I want to make sure <laughs> Ray Allen and <laughs> Kyle Corver are having the best time possible. I'm a guy's guy. You're a guy's guy. Hey, man, that's how we do it here at the Washed Up Podcast. Copals. <laughs> Stay hydrated. All right, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, what a time. Ah, uh, shit, sorry. Team. Friends. What a time. This has been the Washed Up Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. Music by Pat Mallers and Charlie Foreman. Feels so good. Mm. Peace, love, and happiness. Shot City, come on and ride with me. How you catch a vibe with me This music that make you feel good Do it for the real ones Do it while I still can This is for the real fans We're singing along with the set of light shows I know, I ain't so fly, don't you? Think so too Shawty trying to come through To kick it like kung fu On the blood cruise With the sunroof open I'm the one who everybody love Everybody wanna be like me I cha-cha real smooth Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do I break rules and race roofs Sit great goose with great juice I make moves and I'm making music And ain't loose, homie Fall back like I don't This for a long time, can't think with the wrong mind, can't drift to the wrong tide, can't sink with the salt dry. Land, one day you gotta learn to fly, curve the plot, cook it up, serve it hot. Shorty thick like a car bomb, oh lord, won't quit till it's all mine on God. I've been steady trying to get in my way, that's the only way that I get down. Ever since I focused on my mindset, ain't saying nothing to me now. Fall back like I don't. Got it.